2-2. Line drive. Here comes Wade. Here's the throw. He's safe. And the Yankees walk off into the postseason. Bases loaded. The pitch to stand. Swung on. And drilled deep to left field. There it goes. See ya. Oh, what a shot by Stanton. Live for the 100th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Luzluigi. Tonight, it's the full crew for episode 100. Guys, how are we doing? We have to do the full crew for episode 100. What's going on, yeah, guys? We made it. 100 episodes. Wow, we 100. made Big milestone. Happy to have you all here. Shout out to everyone who's been a co-host. Ryan, AC, Nick, so many names. Gus, Matt, so many names Max to shout out. Max for one episode. Max for one episode. His Wi-Fi was Walmart. But everyone <laughs> who's contributed, everyone who's been part of the blog, who's supported us, thank you to everyone. But, guys, this, I, is, I think, this is also the last episode. It's canceled after this. Yeah, we're going off the air. Um, but, guys, we have bigger bigger fish to fry this episode. I mean, the Yankees made the playoffs. It, it took until game 162. But the Yankees are indeed in the wild card game, and they have a date in Fenway Park tomorrow night. We're recording this Monday night. So they play Tuesday night at eight. Cole versus Valdi. Obviously, we saw that matchup just a couple of weeks ago. It went very well. Hopefully, we get a repeat of that. But look, it's it's a one game playoff, man. Anything could happen. Uh, we we've seen. Lesser teams beat the better team in a wild card game. We've seen the cold team beat the hot team in a wild card game. Anything could happen. It's a, it's a one game playoff. It's all hands on deck. And much like most of the season has been, it's going to be nerve wracking. Like ah, you know, like I think Alex, you asked me before the show, are you, are you looking forward <laughs> to the locker? I'm like, no, not really. Yeah. It's no, I, I just I just kind of wanted to just be over and hopefully the Yankees win so we could just move on. Right. I, like, I'm really just not looking forward to actually watching the game because it's going to be so stressful. It's like people say about whether it's like playoff, like, like it's fun to watch high leverage situations in the playoffs if it's not your team. If it's yeah. not your team, you're like, oh, this is awesome. You, know, you don't have a horse in the race. But, but when it's your team, you're just on the couch in feed, field position, just hoping it ends well for you. Oh, team. yeah. If you're a fan of, of any team other than the Red Sox or the Yankees tomorrow night, uh, you got the rivalry. You got a one-game winner-take-all elimination game. It's, it's pure theater. And as a baseball fan, I'm, I'm jealous that I can't watch that game without all of the, the attachment that comes with it, the anxiety, yeah, the stress, the so hang on every other, pitch. There's been so many other great wild card games that you look back on as a baseball fan. You're just like, oh my God, that was such a good game. Like, just think back to um, in 2019 when the Nats won the World Series with a Juan Soto single in the bottom of the eighth inning that uh, the error uh, cleared the bases, uh, Nats ended up winning. Like, that was a fantastic game. But if yeah, and the AL game that year was great too. That was what Tampa versus Oakland. Tampa versus Oakland. Yeah, but if really you were a game. Oakland or poor a Oakland, the Oakland Brewers hates the wild card game. Yeah, they, like I was about to say, if you're an A's fan, you just absolutely you hate the wild card game. They made it three times and just had heart heartbreaking losses every, every single time. But yeah, it's it's gonna be wild, and I think the one thing that we are all mentally preparing for is that it's not going to be. The Yankees don't play lopsided games. They only play 
tight games that come down to the wire that has your blood boiling the entire time that has Andrew screaming for everyone on the team to be shot into the sun. Andrew has... called the game in the third inning. <laughs> hey, the last it's... time they faced Ovaldi at Fenway Park, they didn't play a tight game. Yeah, uh, it went well. The last time we got Cole Ovaldi and Fenway, it went well, right? Yeah. But might have been one of the, the I think to, to date, it's the last enjoyable, stress-free, mm-hmm. go about your business and enjoy a insert day of the week night here uh baseball game unless right? unless you're counting <laughs> saturday i mean not even man that game what was it like eight even it was a five run game with chad green and i'm still nervous like oh, i've no. I, we've blown those leads this year like i, I think it's still as, not as over as cole gave up that three on home run to devers and we were all those doubts start creeping exactly in. It's yeah. like, oh it's tough I man four runs it, i think that made it either six or seven seven three, three maybe yeah, yeah. made it seven yeah, three and left seven and we were oh. all just kind of like uneasy when that happened, like, oh God, is yeah. this is this it's, really going to happen now? It's it really it's a lead's never safe. It's it's, and it's weird because it's like as good as the bullpen has been this year, you still you still feel like a lead's ever safe with this team. Well, there's it's, so it's many weird. So Luigi, before we started, you looked at Chad Green's ERA and you're like, how does he have an ERA that was yep. what point two? Yeah, yeah, he is. No, he's a Chad Green finished the year with a 3.12 ERA, 3.59 fifth. When, like, if you would have asked me, just like you would think with all the home runs you'd given up, you would have think he had such a high ERA, but most of the home runs you'd give up were solo shots when you think about it. He gave, but even so, I think we we forget how truly dominant he was through like the middle of May. But the problem is they used him too much because he was just that that fire guy. Like, think about in the series against 83 and two thirds innings, he got, yeah. Yeah, he threw so much, and because of that, he was fatigued towards the end of the year. But one of the big things about him was he was so dominant in the middle of the year, and he really only gave up runs when they were the big home runs, like the walk-off three-run shot to Altuve, the one, the ones he gave up in Baltimore, all the ones, all <laughs> the one he gave up. <laughs> You good there? <laughs> it's there's just so many lists. I mean, wait, there's some, there's who was the one reliever who gave up more? He had he gave up 15, and there was one reliever who gave up more than him. Oh god, and I don't more home up. runs. Yeah, more home runs than him. It was like a reliever, and then Chad Green. It could have changed because he ended I'm the year. Ninety percent well. sure relievers on the Orioles too, because that would have been very telling. But yeah, it's like you can just list through all the different big home runs that green gave up that either like broke the lead or tied the game or made it close or something like that. But outside of those 15 home runs that he gave up, he really did not give up that many runs. So he really was good. He had a very good year. It's just, we won't remember all the innings that he threw that were dominant. We're just going to remember ones like the Baltimore home runs, like the one he gave bit to Chicago to tie the game, you know, all the ones like that. Yeah. So Luigi, by the way, to answer your question, it was Adam Pluko of the Baltimore Orioles. That's who it was. He had 17 home Pluko. runs. Yep. There we go. Yeah, it's just pretty sure solid company. Like at some point, I think they did. Taylor Hearn also gave up 17, but um, he had 11 starts at a 42. Yeah. I was about to say, so... he had some few starts. He started against the Yanks when the Rangers came to New York a couple weeks ago. Oh, fun fact, well, by thanks. Alex. Thanks, thanks for that. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, fun, fun fact. I forgot you, you guys don't have my own 
Yeah, I, I forget. I forget things from like two minutes ago, Alex. So thanks. Luigi, what number podcast is this? I have no idea. I think it's like number <laughs> three. Um, but guys, let's let's real quick before we get into the wild card game, let's just look at this the season as a whole real quick. Right? Yan- Yankees finished ninety two and seventy. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, honestly, long story short, it kind of did. But right there, it kind of did suck. For a team, look, for a team coming into the year that was heavy favorites to win the AL, they, I believe their over-under win total at the beginning of the year, I believe was at either 95 or 96 and a half. So they underachieved that. They finished 92 and 70. I actually have the baseball prospectus uh, projections from the beginning of the year bookmarked. So I will give you that number in a second. I mean, look, I'll I'll say right now. 87 wins. And for us to win the division by 11 games over Tampa Bay. So um, that didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> Wait, Dude, so also, they thought the Yanks were going to win 87 games. And, and still win the division? Win 76. No, no. The Yankees were going to win 90. Did I say 87? Sorry, 97. Yeah, Tampa 87. Bay would win. They had Tampa Bay at 86 wins. Okay, Toronto at 85. Sense. Boston you know, at 80. Whoever made that list Boston didn't factor in the Rays devil magic that they do yeah. to be great every year. Look, I'll put my hand up right now. I thought the Yankees were going to win the division by like 10 yeah, games. Too. I thought the Rays were going to not be – I thought the Rays would be, like, good, not great. I thought the Blue Jays would be the biggest threat. Yeah. And, I mean, the Blue Jays were damn good, but obviously at the end of the day they finished fourth. And, look, man, the Rays just, like I, – I, for one, will stop doubting the Rays, right? I mean, they're just – they're a factory. Like, you can't doubt them. You saw they're Like, every minor league team they have made the championship. Like, they have – they just find guys from every which way and they just all produce. And they play as a team. They play annoyingly good baseball. It seems like – they lead the league in blue pits. Like I've never seen a team execute more blue pits right on the line or right over a guy's head. It's unbelievable. Like That's I, how you know you're a championship. I'm also, I'm also, just you guys Wall scraping home runs. Rays lead the league in. They have to. I mean, when Brandon Lau hits his first two home runs uh, for or uh, Saturday, and they both just hit the top of the wall and right, I just knew. I'm like, yeah, this, this these guys are just they worship the devil. There's just no, nothing else <laughs> more to say. They Did you smart. notice how many four and five man outfields they used against us oh, yeah. this series? Um, that's uh, it worked too. And that was the, I think the most frustrating thing about that game on Friday is that um, you saw they had these ridiculous outfield alignments and we hit the ball right to some. So they had two infielders, right? And we hit the ball right, right to, to one the of outfielders, them. Like, though, they were always hitting them right to the three man infielders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good on like, them for being smarter what, than everyone else. But like, how, how, how? That's what's always so frustrating about shifts. It's like when you do something as ludicrous as that and it works. Like something like that should not work. And Joey Gallo actually was like one of the only people yeah. who actually took advantage of it on Friday night. And credit to Stanton for when he was on second, they had that shift. He just went to yeah. third. He was like, wait a minute. There's, yeah, there's, there's no one nobody... on the left side of the infield. Yeah. And I think the Rays just thought, okay, it's just one run. We're up four to one. Yeah, the Rays, they like the Rays literally asked Satan. They're like, oh, wait, we're going to win this game. Like, it's, it's all good. Well, yeah, so that's what process. we were all saying, right? Like the Yankees. You know, they sweep the Rangers, they sweep the Red Sox, they win the series against the Blue Jays, and all the while in the run-up to that were like, handle your business before you get to that Rays series. Because one, no matter how well in hand they have everything, they hate the Yankees, and they're not just going to lay down. They're going to try yeah. and stick it to us. And two, they just play good fucking baseball, like, and they're not going to beat themselves. Well, yeah, I remember that's... on Sunday, I was watching... After the Yankees game was over, I was watching the end of the uh, Mariners-Angels game, and they were saying on the broadcast that, like, 
the you know the Yankees won one nothing on a walk off in the ninth inning, but they were saying on the Mariners broadcast that the Rays did not make that easy for the Yankees at all. Like they didn't roll out a lineup of Triple A guys just to give their starters a day off in the last game of the year. They rolled out basically a playoff lineup because they don't like the Yankees. They did not want to just give in to them. They didn't want to let them win the game. Well, it's even further. Like I saw Hoke had a tweet before the game that for the last game, it goes, oh, the Rays are taking infield. Like that's weird. And he kind of got ratioed because everyone's like, nah, because they're a winning baseball team. They play the game the right way. They show up to the field every game, every day, hungry, wanting to win. Like, look, man, a lot of that in this new age of baseball and these like guys, these big name free agents, like not to sound like a boomer, but like a lot of that is lost in the game. Just playing hard and playing the game the right way and showing up every day, no matter who you're playing or what game it is, playing like it's game seven of the World Series. And that's how the Rays play. And they've created a culture and you got to give them credit. And when people are like, oh, well, why are they doing that? It's like, yo, because they play hard all the time. Like, that's that's just what they do. That's their brand of baseball. And I don't know if you saw it, but I think they had four of their minor league affiliates all in their um, league Yeah, no, I said that. Like, year. literally every single one of their minor league affiliates yeah. was either one or in the championship. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. incredible. Every single one. Every level. So, yeah, they. it's a baseball So, so the factor. pipeline just never ends either. So, even if – they were to gut their. I mean, dude, they look. Man, it's not year. just look. It's not just the MLB team that worships Satan. They all worship Satan. It's like a whole <laughs> thing. They, they. What do you think? It's just what the top level. No, it starts from the bottom. Yeah, you got to you got to start the culture of winning yep. of uh, winning and worshiping Satan exactly. from the bottom. There's, you can't just throw them into the fire the second they get called but, up. But guys, let's let's just look at the Yankees as a whole and individually. Obviously, best hitter, best player was Aaron Judge. Clearly. Finishes the year with a 5.9 war, 39 homers, 287 average, 373 OBP, 916 OPS. I mean, playing great defense. Was huge down the stretch. I mean, him and Stanton. I mean, Stanton they carried, had obviously. They carried the team. Stanton had, like, the hot week. Like, he was obviously, not that he was bad in the other times, but, like, Stanton definitely had the last two a good last two months, but I feel like judge was just more consistently in those big moments, yeah. like coming through like all really just all the last two months of the season. He was just well, phenomenal. Ever since the end of 2017, one thing I've noticed is like since Stanton came to the Yankees, he's been very streaky and he's been the type that'll hit six home runs in a week. And then he'll hit one the next two weeks oh, oh, for six with six strikeouts. In the next yeah, game. exactly. But whereas ex- Judge in his first season was like that, where he'd hit, you know, two home runs in back-to-back games, and then he would have a couple games where he would just look lost at the plate. And now he's made a lot of uh, changes, I think, where he's really just been more consistent. And like you said, he's he carried the team down the stretch, and it was kind of overshadowed by Stanton, but... Mm he really played just as well because he was just more consistent. He would hit a home run like every other game or something like that. And he, and was, and he was doing it in the field. I mean, that diving play yeah. he made, I mean, that's that was such a big play in that game when he made that diving play when, when we were down one nothing and it kept it a one nothing game against Toronto. Was it that against Toronto? It was Toronto, yeah. yeah. And, and the I craziest mean, thing about that is that I couldn't that even – I almost couldn't even appreciate – 
exactly the catcher was because immediately all I was you're thinking like convinced was, you're not oh scoring. god well no 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 I was just thinking about that that fucking pinky of his like the more yeah. he rolls oh, yeah, over that, that like that dove right into the turf like <laughs> it great he made this catch came to run but if we lose him in the process it's not worth it no absolutely not. And, i mean something that is definitely a huge win for both of those guys in general was just being able to stay on the field like uh stanton especially stanton played 100 and 39 games and judge played about 145 or something in that neighborhood so like it's you know a, a massive win because we've done nothing but complain about that even with judge when he's not breaking something and be like oh it's a nagging thing here or there like and um you know thank god for that because we might have yeah. been we might have been out of this long ago without him between yeah, 2019 no and 2020 between 2019 and 2020 i believe stanton and judge played what like 20 games together Stanton played. Stanton played in like. Well, yeah. Stanton in general played five in two, games, in but like those guys together, they they literally barely played in any games in yeah. 2019, 2020. It's kind of crazy. It's like the 2020 Which, playoffs were the and only th- ones that's what Stanton we envisioned when we got those guys. Just those two just in the middle of the lineup mashing. And yeah, like, and I think we talked about it on the last podcast, or maybe it was two ago, but. Um, in, in previous years, with those guys always being hurt, you needed everyone else to step up, right? Geo had a big year. Glaber had a big year. 2019, um, you had. Well, 2019, they had the team had like eight guys who had ten or more home runs, right? Yeah. So it was it was up and down the lineup. Mike in Talkman place of judges, hit 30, hit like you had, you had Talkman, you had Cameron Maben, you had everyone, right? Mike stepped Ford up. hit like 15. It was like everyone and, hit home runs that year. And this year, had had Judge and Stanton been injured again, there's no chance because no guys. one else, no one else up and down the roster was willing to step up. Guys, we, we went out. We got guys. Gal and Rizzo. They had a couple big moments, but outside of that, we're pretty much invisible. Gio had a down year. Glaber had a huge down year. Like yeah. we, we could not have survived without the production we got from Sanchez. From was June. awful in the second half. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. guys who yeah. in 2019 played well, and that's what led the Yankees to the division. That they were the deciding factor. Guys like Gio and Glaber and Sanchez, and yeah. So I want to just mention something. And I'm gonna segue into this year, 2019. Uh-oh. Guardian, 27 home runs in 2019. <laughs> like that, I, I forget he almost had a 30 home run year that late in his career. And you know what, man? Hats off to Guardy. Obviously, yeah. we always make fun of G for low key hating Guardy. But look, man, if you look at his numbers, look at like he had 222, 10 homers, 327. Like he didn't have a great year statistically. But for what, like for what his role was, like he legit put Luke Voigt on the bench. Like, yeah. Brett Gardner li- literally, at a certain point, it was like, yeah, I mean, you can't put Voigt in. Guardy's fucking playing too well. Yeah. Like, it was unbelievable for his best. Because, look, man, for, mo- for, like, most of the season, up until, like, mid-late July, was- Guardy was terrible. It was yeah. it was tough to watch him. It was like, all right, Guardy, you're getting 94-mile-per-hour fastballs blown by you, dude. It's time to hang him up. But, but man, part of the problem had- is that we were also still rolling out. Uh, Clint Frazier, who looked as bad, well, if not yeah, worse. I, I was about yeah. to say, like, in you know, in terms of the context, you have to remember, like, at that point, like, Cardi, it was Guardy wasn't even sticking out like a store of thumb because we were all, almost everyone in the lineup was hitting that bad. Like, everyone was awful. So it was like you weren't even noticing Guardy as much. But, man, he really came around this year. Like, like obviously, he, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the outfield, but defensively, he's still really good. He still works really good at bats. Still had, yeah, he had a lot of, a lot of questionable moments in the outfield this year. 
<laughs> which is well, again, well, that's also, because he got pushed. Say, like, look, he but like, con- but, but, but full time center fielder. But I was about to say, just in terms of context for what he is, like the dude looked completely done, and for him to actually just come through and like be a solid center fielder for us down the stretch was huge. It really was with all the injuries you know, this team dealt with, with all the this. inconsistencies. That like Gardy played a huge role this year, and like Gardy just do- like he just doesn't die. Like, you just think, like, all right, this is the last year Guardian. Like, here he is in 2021, like, in the, in the lineup, in the wildcard lineup. Like, we've said it about four years in a row now, how it's just like, oh, well, he'll be the fourth outfielder, and he'll play a few times a week and whatever else. And then he winds up playing, like, every single day. And, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's well documented. Like, he was really bad the first half of the season, but, like, even when he wasn't getting a lot of hits, you know, second half of the season, he was getting hits more regularly or getting on base, but he was just, you know, defensively was valuable and um, just was grinding out good at bats, which was, which was useful. But I mean, I don't know. I'm still not sure I would have shackled Luke Voigt to the bench as much in favor of Guardy. Geez, geez, like, I still hate Guardy. I mean, you're going to box me in the corner and say something nice about him. Here we go. No, but look, Gardy. Like, say it and then qualify it at the end. Like this, Gardy's OPS by month, right? April five thirty nine, May five twelve, June eight eighty five, July five forty, August eight fifteen, September October seven seventy three. So like, yeah. he had he was pretty, pretty decent months in there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, man, look, eight hundred op like a basically an eight hundred OPS from Gardy last two months of the season. Like, I'll sign up for that any day of the week. Man. Hell yeah! Like that's that's pretty damn good for from Gardy. Well, like you were saying, Luigi, you look at the type of player that Gardy is. He's a thirty eight year old fourth outfielder whose entire skill set was based on his speed and the fact that he is, you know, like G was saying, he grinds out at bats. He has a decent amount of power. He can kind of slap the ball around. I and mean, the for fact a 38 year old, he's still pretty fast too. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that only he's stole still four playing... bases this year, but he's only on four attempts. Like, I mean, he's always yeah. been a bad base dealer though. Yeah, he was never he was never a prolific base dealer for yeah. his great. I mean, he had that one he had the, those two seasons early where he had almost fifty uh, steals back to back. But yeah, yeah, other than that, he's really never been a prolific base dealer. Yeah, but like we're not you know we're not expecting him to be a five tool player. It's like he came in knowing he'd be the fourth outfielder, and again because Hicks got injured, he got stuck being basically the everyday center fielder. So the fact that he was able to put together a couple of good months is huge. Because Hicks and Frazier and Lamar and Lo Castro and everyone else under the sun got hurt, and he wanted to be everyday center fielder. (laughs) Really is incredible. That's a good point. The Yankees did try their their damnedest to make sure that Gardner didn't get the amount of starts that he did this year. They gave so (laughs) many guys a chance. Yeah. Like think about they put they literally were starting Judge in center field like yep consistently at one point. Well, that was not sure I wouldn't have stopped doing that. Like I think they should have kept doing that, but that's just me. They should have, yeah, to get Luke Voigt in the lineup, and I don't know why they didn't. And then all of a sudden, they get Voigt in the lineup, and he hit well for a week, and then they said, "No, we got to put a stop to that." Yeah, he won. he, He won. Uh, player of the week in some week in August. I'm still then... really torn on that because yeah. he had a couple good games against Minnesota and like he was white hot, but then they went out to Atlanta and, and you lost the DH. So 
you had a choice to be either put him in the outfield or bench Rizzo to get him yeah. in, right? And there was really, yeah. really no good option there. And ultimately, seeing where he went the rest of the season, where he was often in his sporadic at bats, and then he got hurt again, you have to wonder what kind of future he even has with this team yeah. anymore. Well, I think if Rizzo walks, I think the Yanks will consider... Just roll the red carpet for Void again, or...? Yeah, that's what I think. Because, honestly, look, I get Rizzo. Rizzo's a fantastic defensive first baseman, and he's a very good clubhouse guy. He's solid offensively now. Voight, I think, though, might be the better option, even though if even though he's right-handed, because the guy led the leagues in, the, in home runs last year. Granted, it was in 60 games. He's made 22 home runs in 60 games. So he has potential to go, you know, 35, 40 home runs in a year, but he's never gotten that full season because of injuries or because of the short season. It, it's just so tough with Voight, though, because at the end of the day, you have to think, look, the Yankees probably just said, okay, we don't want, like, because they could have gone Voight, DH, Rizzo first, Stanton, Judge, and Gallo in the outfield. Yeah. But. Which they did I, for a large portion which of that. Which they did. Yeah, which they did. But I think at the end of the day, they said, look, in a playoff game, we just don't want to have Stanton or Voight, either or, in the field. And I, I get Stanton, like, hit well while he was in the outfield. And Stanton really hasn't had, like, any, like, despite not playing that much in the outfield, he didn't really have any blunders in the outfield. Like, I just don't think the Yankees wanted either of those guys in the field. I just don't, I don't get why they are so opposed to playing Stanton in the outfield. Because he's been healthy this whole year. And, like you said, he never looked bad in the outfield and it's I mean, not like he's he a was... good outfielder exactly like, he's, not, he's not as good of an outfielder as Aaron Judge but it's not no, like he was he's, like it's not no. like he's going out there and just completely misplaying every ball and just looks awful out there he's a when he was with the Marlins he was a good outfielder and then all of a sudden he came to the Yankees and they just stuck him at DH and committed to that he was just, a primary right fielder and that's yeah where Judge was I mean yeah they <laughs> yeah. also he tried him in left field it was kind of hit and miss and then with the injury stuff, they just said, you know what, you're just going to DH. Yeah, but... Which you can't really blame them for. No. I, can't, I, can't, I can't blame them either, but this year, the fact that he is healthy and he's been playing and they finally put him back in the outfield and he played well in the outfield, like, I, I just, I don't understand why they weren't doing that more often. Like, that third, thir- basically in the month of August, the 13-game win streak and a little bit after that, they were playing him in the outfield probably two or three times a week. And then September, it's like they kind of forgot that he can play the outfield. Well, I don't know if that's fair either. He played in the outfield as recently as the Toronto series. I know he well, played like somewhere along game the, the lines. Series, and that was the first somewhere along the lines of, of all those games, they decided to stop playing Luke Void. So like yeah. there wasn't as much of a reason to force it or regularly put him out there because it's like Void was the primary reason Getting Voight in the lineup in was the one of the primary place. reasons to point. do that regularly. And then they were just like, whatever, Luke Voight, you're just not going to play. Like, Yeah, yeah the, the, whole, the, the whole the whole Voight debacle really was one of the more interesting uh, storylines of the season. Weird. And the fact that they wouldn't say anything. Like, Boone is a champion of never actually answering anyone's questions and just kind of saying vague. He basic. just said words. Yeah, vague, well, vague, well, basic look, words. Let me let me say to his credit, and I hate it as much as as you guys do, Andrew's but to, to Boone's air. credit, his first season as manager, 
he had to deal with the Aaron Judge thing, and the team came out, not him, the team, like, I don't know, the doctors or the front office or whatever, was like, oh, he's got that chip fracture in his wrist. He'll be back in three weeks. We're sitting around six weeks later, like, yeah. where the fuck is Judge, right? And and Boone had to own that and talk to the media every day, like, well, I don't know, we still don't have a timeline left. So I think at that point, he was kind of like, I'm just not going to put numbers on anything ever again, because that's a hole that you can't get out of. Yeah, but there were still some other things that he said that made you wonder, like, whether he was even informed at all like him saying dj had a hip groin thing and then he ended up having a hernia like <laughs> that's not a hip groin thing you know uh, classic. like boone is one thing we don't have to go too heavy into that but in terms of like um the lineup and that sort of thing i don't i'm not so sure that you can like you know, and Rizzo hasn't even been that great. You know, defensively, he's been a tremendous upgrade. But in terms of batting, he really hasn't done, like, too, too much. He's been pretty okay, yeah. He, I was about to say, he's been pretty consistent with, like, what he's been, you know? Like, for just for the Yankees, he had eight homers, 768 OPS, and, like, 170 at-bats around 50 games. Like, that's kind of, like, the type of hitter Rizzo is at this point in his yeah. career. You know, yeah, 25 I just, homers, I think, like, slightly above of, average OPS, really good defense. Like, that's what he is. He, he's solid. He's consistent. Like, Rizzo's never really had that, like, big, huge year where he's, like, an MVP guy, but he has had a bunch of really solid years. That's kind of I, been his I trademark. I think he's just yeah. kind of been hyped up because he was kind of the heart of the Cubs organization because he was the guy that was around for their whole rebuild and then was there for the World Series. And he, like we just said, he's played well. In his career, he's had a really good career, but he's never been an unbelievably like flashy player. So he, him yeah, coming here, I, I think we all were just kind of hoping he would be like the spark plug the team needed, where he was just kind of how he always has been. Like he, Rizzo's had Rizzo's had six seasons between an 880 and a 930 OPS, which is very you good. know yeah, which is yeah. just like you know like that's none of those seasons are unbelievable but those are yeah. all really good seasons so yeah he's that's I, I worried that in terms of like what they did with Voight where it's like hey you know what we made an effort to get you in the lineup after we got a guy who basically replaced you you know injuries aside right Luke Voight always is dealing with something so that's not great but you know we got this guy we know how we're going to get you into the lineup we didn't trade you because presumably we were going to regularly do that or had a plan to do that and then they just stopped. And I'm concerned that, you know, you say he's under contract or whatever else, you know, they have no reason to trade him. But, like, unless they were upfront about it, it could be kind of awkward in terms of the team and Luke Voigt, you know, not being on the same page. Well, that's actually really funny. If you go back to when we first got Rizzo, remember all anyone wanted to talk about was, oh, God, now we're going to trade Voigt. And it never happened. It never happened, yeah. So I, I wonder if there were talks at that point and he was already sensing his departure or if they legitimately had no intent on trading him. And the fact that he didn't play all that much and then eventually got hurt was kind of just one of those things that happened. Yeah. Well, so that's a good transition to talk, you know, because as we like, we'll get to into the wild card game soon, but. Looking back at the season, the turning point was when we got Rizzo and Gallo at the trade deadline. Look, Gallo has not been good. Like obviously, he's fucking what? hit once. He's hit what? He's hit one sixty-four. So he's been really bad. Um, the strikeout king himself. 
But that point of the season, that was like a turning point for us, right? Like late July, it looked like the Yankees were going to miss the playoffs. They were, it was just a shitty year. And, you know, getting Rizzo and Gallo really sparked us. I mean, remember how hot Rizzo was in that Marlin series when we first yeah. got him? He, he was unbelievable. He homered in his second at bat. We were just like, yeah. okay, yep, this is what we want. I mean, and like, you know, despite the, neither of those guys really lighting the world on fire overall, that was a big spark, and that was a big turning point in the season. Well, it's not going to get as much attention as it should, but the biggest acquisition of the entire trade deadline was was getting Clay Holmes. Um, and now, and everyone, Clay Holmes. Everyone lost their mind um, when we, we traded Hoy Park but, because they didn't really have a shortstop at that point. I think Glaber was still hurt or playing like garbage. But, Gio may have been hurt. Uh, and then we we didn't really have a lot of options. I think this was even pre-Andrew Velasquez, right? So there was just not a lot going on. And everyone's like, well, why don't they give this guy a shot? And and Holmes ended up being a huge, mm-hmm. huge add to the bullpen that, that needed because we lost Britain. We lost Loisega for a point in time. We lost Chapman mm-hmm. for a week or so. We we absolutely we lost Chapman mentally. Also, we lost Chapman mentally for a week or so. Yeah. Like three weeks, yeah, actually, but three months. No, but see, like Andrew, it's funny because like you see Gallo and Rizzo, they were like that initial spark. But Clay Holmes was almost like a slow burn, where it's like you almost didn't realize how good Clay Holmes was doing until like until September. Like, you were like, you were like, wait a minute, you're like, wait a minute, this dude's pitched like 22 innings for us and has given up like two runs. Wait a minute, like well, what's like, going on here? The, 30 like 30 innings pitched with uh like one one walk. Or 30 strikeouts and one walk. Like, only him, Mo, and Andrew Miller have done that for us. Like, oh, okay. One of the crazier stats about Holmes is that when um, the Jays series came around, he and he gave up the home run to Bo Bichette, and we were all just like, oh, of course, this is going to happen. It was the second extra base hit he's given up as a Yankee. Yeah. And the, others, <laughs> the other one was a, home, was a Yankee Stadium uh, short porch shot to yeah. Alejandro Kirk. Like he's been that good that nobody's even be able to, nobody's been able to do anything but hit singles off him, because you just watch him pitch. His sinker is unbelievable. Like that thing will start out in the middle of the left-handed batter's mm-hmm. box, and hit the, like middle of the plate. It's yeah, the wild. amount of move that amount of movement that thing has. I mean, you know, it's ninety-eight, ninety-nine, man. It's not yeah. like it's a mid, not low mid ninety sinker. It's upper nineties. Yeah, and... it's like you have to commit to hitting it, like when it comes out of his hand and you also have to kind of judge where it's going to go because that thing moves so much. And, and honestly, man, just shout out to our entire pitching our pitching staff. Like, so there's so many, obviously Cole, you know, Cole good, you know, pretty obviously he's probably going to finish second in Cy Young voting behind Robbie Ray. Um, I mean, he might get it, but I don't think he will. I think I'll do it to Ray. Um, he, Cole, very good year, obviously had some bad moments that I'll, Always remember that Astro start. That was unbelievable. Yeah, that was one of the better starts. Especially in like the heat of like Spider Tack and like oh Cole's just like mm-hmm. a product of Spider Tack and to have that start against a great lineup like that. Former team was awesome. Um Tyone for a guy who had such a bad start actually ended up having a decent solid year. Um Tyone you know, finished four, with like a four point four point three four point three ERA four point yeah, which is not yeah. bad at not all. T- for not terrible who, for a guy who started considering out like the layoff. Terrible. It's a huge yeah. a huge thing to build on. And, um, and that's another good point too. He hadn't pitched in two years. Yeah, um, Gumby was Gumby, right? You know what you're gonna get at out of him at this point. Three point eight ERA. Man, nasty Nestor. I mean, what a story getting him back. Posted two point nine ERA and ninety three innings pitched. That's one um, of the biggest storylines. Yeah, of the second like, half of the I mean, at this point, like, I, I think he's our number two pitcher. 
I mean, I like it's either him or Gumby, right? I mean, because oh, at God, this I... at this point, like Kluber's not a hundred percent. Obviously, Herman literally just got back, and he's cut more of a bullpen arm at this point. Like it's probably yeah. not it's our number probably two guys, either Nestor or Gumby, and it's probably Nestor. I mean, especially with Gumby, that last start he had, right? He's probably not feeling too hot right now. I know, right? With, uh, with Cole starting the wild card game, does that mean Nestor's going to be starting game one if the Yankees well, win? Well, that's not going to happen. But yeah, I mean, it's either, it's <laughs> look, if if it uh, if that does happen, right? It's either Nestor or Gumby. It's, yeah. it's one of those two. I mean, and I don't the think Yankees they're going to go I mean, I feel bad, you know, the Yankees bullpen as, as, much as Chad Green was like infuriating to watch at times, like the Yankees bullpen and pitching staff in general was just holding them up while the offense did nothing for so much of the season. Like yeah. they were grinding Chad Green and, and all their bullpen arms yeah. into dust. And then Holmes came along and eventually Severino and King came back. Herman yeah. did come back and they didn't use him for a little while, but like they had reinforcements that you feel a lot better about it now because they were just grinding those guys into nothing because they needed to. Yeah. Like I, like I said, there's so many guys or giant lasagna, probably best bullpen arm hands down this year. Most consistent. Pretty sure he was the, he had the highest war of any reliever in the game and he missed like close to a month to finish with a 2.170 ERA over 70 innings pitch. I always get surprised by the wise get because for as nasty as his stuff is, you know, 70 two thirds innings, 69 strikeouts. Nice. Like you yeah, would think he, he had uh, like a higher. He's been, he's been a heavy nine. ground ball guy all yeah. year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's look, man, he's been phenomenal. I mean, another guy deserves a shout out. What a turnaround, out. though, right? Like he no, was in two guys everyone's doghouse this oh, time yeah, last year. Absolutely. Another two guys that deserve shout outs: two lefties, Wandy Peralta and Lucas Lickie, both finished with sub three ERAs. I trust both those guys. I think I trust Wandy a bit more, but I mean, both those guys stepped up in some big moments. I mean, Licky Licky threw seventy two innings. I mean, he yeah. <laughs> Other than, I think other than Chad, he had the rest of eight years. Bullpen. Yeah. Um, like G mentioned, Michael King, he had a pretty good year. Um, Luis Heal, it was great to see him. I mean, what, what did he start off with? 15 scoreless innings. I mean, he was awesome. He was, eight, he was 18. It did, go, it did go in the shitter real fast. Well, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. he still, still finished with a, a 3.07. I, mean, over kind of expe- I don't think anyone expected him to just pitch yeah. scoreless inning after um, scoreless inning. Another shout-out, obviously, I think someone already mentioned him, but, like, great to have Sevy back. Yeah. Just comes back, six innings is shut out. Off speed looks great. Eight strikeouts. I mean, he's he's in a bullpen arm. We're hopefully going to rely on over this play, potential playoff run. Um, I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at uh, I got to Brooks Krisky. <laughs> rest in <laughs> piss. Fifth, There's nothing nice solid, to be said about him. So we're just going to uh, uh, we're going to do that if you don't have anything nice to yeah. say. Don't say anything at all. Policy. Um, <laughs> Another guy that obviously we have to talk about because this is our closer, Chapman. I mean, look, up and down year. Classic, classic up and down year for Chapman. Does finish with a 3.36 ERA, 3.99 FIP, 97 strikeouts in 56 and a third innings, 1.3 WHIP. So look, classic Chapman. He he was either hot or cold. I mean, look. Yeah. Remember Chapman in like the beginning of the year, he was unbelievable. Unhittable. Like he was, he was the best he as, ever as looked. good as he's ever looked. <laughs> like, look, it was literally the best he's ever looked. It was, I was literally at the point where I felt comfortable with Chapman. It was like so long since he yeah. had one of those like blow up outings. You're like, wow, and this then, is cool. And then, and then everything just went to shit. And then I think it was the honestly, I think it was the spider tech. I really do because when that yeah. they started cracking down on that shit, like we were all thinking about the starters and 
And then there's Chapman with like no command of his splitter. He's stopped throwing a splitter for a time. So, and we mentioned this on our on our um, midterm season podcast. It's just that it's harder for a reliever who's so reliant on spider tech because he throws anywhere from 10 to 15 pitches a night. Garrett Cole throws that every inning, right? If he needed to battle through something like that, he had anywhere from 70 to 110 pitches to play with, right? To figure some stuff out. Chapman, you're just guessing. If you're off, you're off. Like that's it. It's it's one yeah. inning and it, well, that's one it, it's tough to battle through. Believers are so volatile in generals because they have a lot shorter of a workload every time they go out there right but imagine now having to completely revamp the way you pitch because they changed yeah well they cracked down on a certain substance that you shouldn't have been using in the first place but they they turned a blind eye to for the whole league well and we and you know we could go we could spend a while talking about that because of the whole like tyler glass now thing and the way mlb handled that but i think overall it could have been a lot worse for the yankees in particular like cole and chapman were the two that looked very, very affected by the lack of spider tech or just sticky stuff in general, right as the ban was put in place. And I think the fact that both of them were able to battle back and kind of regain their stuff and work back to the picture that they were before is a win overall. Even if Cole ended the year, look, he looked very shaky. Um, hopefully he looks better He's also dealing with his hamstring problem that he got taken out of a start with. Chapman, ever since, I don't, honestly, for the past probably month and a half, has looked very good. Yeah, Chapman's been able to find himself yeah. again. Yeah. I don't want to jinx it. But what the fuck I don't Andrew? either, especially since the Yankees are playing at Fenway tomorrow. But yeah. And that's think... that's a good segue, Alex. Wow, look at that. Like... Oh, my God. Wait, are the Yankees playing tomorrow at Fenway? I think they are, Alex. Oh, my Lou, God. That's so funny <laughs> that you mentioned that. Um, yeah, look. Yankees, Red Sox, wild card game. This isn't good for any of us. Yeah, (laughs) like I'm going to puke everywhere. Um, Why couldn't it be like the Mariners or the Blue Jays or just anyone else? Honestly, Um, I don't think it would have been better with the Jays. Yeah, I was about to say, the Red Sox, like uh, like baseball-wise, I'd much rather. Because look, as much as the Red Sox like have scared me in the past, like this Red Sox team in particular doesn't really scare me. I mean, first of all, we still don't know if J.D. Martinez is going to be in the lineup. Look, J.D. Martinez this year isn't. J.D. Martinez of a few years ago, but I mean, he's still a guy with 28 home runs with an 867 OPS. Like he's still one of their better oh, hitters, pretty right? Scary bad. Yeah, though. I mean, obviously the guys you kind of got to watch out for are Devers and Renfro this year. I mean, those are kind of two big and hoppers. Bog- well, I'm saying this year in particular, like Bogarts had a good year, but I'd say Devers and Renfro, like offensively. I think Bogarts was like, like one of the worst guys. hitters in baseball for like a three week stretch, though. Yeah, like, he's been very Toward, good. T- he ended the year on a really bad note, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, obviously Bobby Dahlbeck had a decent year for them at 25 homers. Um, Evaldi is going who look, despite, the, I know we kind of get caught up. We're like, Oh, we just, we just destroyed Evaldi. And that was, that wasn't obviously seven runs, giving up seven runs. Giving up if seven you're runs, but, a Yankee fan, just expecting a repeat of that, then yeah, you're look, be in per- look giving up seven. Well. Yeah. I will say giving up seven runs is one thing, but. Even the outs, like the six or seven outs of Aldi got were like hard hit balls. Like the Yankees were all over everything. I think of Aldi forced two swings and misses that night. Like they were just all over him. But so you know I, he's going to Of Aldi has had success against the Yankees in the yeah. past, right? Of Aldi has mowed us the fuck down in the past. So yeah. 
I'm not going to like, look, if, <laughs> if it's zero, zero in the fourth inning or, you know, we have two hits through five, I'm not going to be shocked. Like, look, no. not, like I don't really want to get into this past series, but like the Yankees won, it's all good, but let's be real. That shit this past weekend was embarrassing. Yes. Like I was embarrassed, like between Friday and I mean, Friday night, I don't want to get into Boone's bullpen management of him bringing Herman out for a second inning and he hadn't pitched in two months and then putting Albert Abreu in. I mean, when he had Chapman warming up when we're down one, that I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) I'm not going to get into it any more than that. But really, just to come out when you need one game, you need one game against the Rays. Who look, yeah, the Rays aren't going to lay down, all that. But they had nothing to play for and we could. And we literally couldn't win one fucking yeah. game. And, and then on Sunday, to... and then on Sunday, it literally comes down to the last game, and we have one hit in the eighth inning. It's they like, look, man, that that's pathetic. Going into and... Friday, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't win until the bottom of the ninth inning on Sunday. And honestly, if the Rays on Sunday were literally just, you know, the Rays will have those bullpen days where they're just throwing out all their nasty arms, right? Like, just name a nasty arm in the Rays bullpen you're seeing. I mean, you're like, okay, like, every guy is like a 2.2 ERA. Like, ah, it's it's tough. They, they keep seeing different arms every at-bat. Like, that's tough. Did Michael fucking walk on the mound, who has not been good this year. And then he was, they were just making him look like vintage Michael. I just, it was a awful performance. I mean, thank God they won. Thank God they pulled through. Credit to Odor. Credit to Judge. I'm credit absolutely to Tyler, worried about carrying that momentum over. Credit Tyler Wade for, you know, being a great base runner that last thing, right? He, ta- he advanced on the fly ball. He he was, went on contact on the judge. Great job of getting the win. But that, that definitely did not feel good for most of that series. But, hey, we're here now. It doesn't matter. They have a one-game playoff against the Red Sox. And like I said, I asked you guys before the show, but the, it's going to be Odor in the lineup, right, and not Velasquez. I've, I've heard – I started hearing some rumblings of like people saying, oh, well, maybe they might start Velasquez for defense, but – Or maybe even I start Wade, and then you're going to I think they want Wade. Like Floreal as, as the pinch want, yeah, I pinch think they'd runner. rather Wade for a pinch runner. I'm well, well that's what I'm saying is they, they could potentially carry um, Esteban Floreal as the pinch runner. Which is not a bad idea. It's not, but I, no, I still don't I, feel like they'd be completely comfortable I think with Florio's runner I, over Wade. I think they're definitely going to just start Odor just because of the premise that he might the hit. Pot- yeah, the potential that he could hit a big home run. And yeah. he's had he has had big hits this year. I mean, look, like I just said, he came through Sunday, right? He let off that inning with their second hit of the game. That was very big. Um, but yeah, and as much I, as it sucks, I think that's kind of where we're at with, with Joey Gallo yeah. too. We're just hoping that he runs, runs into one and, and pops one at a, yeah. at a very opportune time. You just, you can't, and, and to be honest, look, there's been so many postseason runs where teams won the world series and key players hit like 180 because it's a limited yeah. sample size. And if you go four for 23 in a series, but two of them are home runs, like no one, no one, yep. that, right. So exactly. batting average, all that stuff I mean, goes out the window in the playoffs. You just got to get production Boone shouldn't do it he's definitely going to do it but he really shouldn't bet Gallo fifth tomorrow no you know we, we were talking about this and we could talk we could kind of just go into what we think the lineup's gonna be but yeah like all it's not even as much Gallo can't be bad like Gallo just can't be hitting behind Stanton at this point no. because at like look the Red Sox like I think we all know what Stanton just did at Fenway the, the yeah. last time he was there the Red Sox are not going to give him shit this game Exactly. In any key situation, if it's a runner on second and third with like two outs, guess what? Potentially walk, pitch to Gallo. If we put in a lefty, if we need to, and Gallo's probably going to either swing at a ball in dirt or look at strike three down the middle and act shocked, right? Like that's <laughs> at this point, that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, he he's been awful. Like, uh, like not to get into that, but like really, like his whole 
Gallo's a guy when like he, you know, he's so like firm. It's probably like, oh no, I need basically saying I need to strike out a lot. But like in times like this, you're like, dude, like please change your approach. No, you know, please. now that we've watched him, please for, God. Now that we watched him for two months, the thing that makes me mad it's not the fact that he has like a monstrous uppercut in his swing and he's trying to hit home runs. I'm totally at peace with that. It's the fact that he looks at so many strike threes. It's, it's a, he, he's trying very hard to draw walks. Yeah, it's like when he's he struggling, he's trying too hard to walk, right? When he's, when he's got them. Well, so oh, you know how in 2019 um, Hicks was always walking and there were times where he wasn't hitting at all, so it looked like he was just trying to go up there and take pitches and draw walks? Yes. That's what that's what it looks like Gallo's doing, except Gallo possesses none of the other hitting skills that Hicks did in 2019. And it's not, I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of different ways to work in a bat, but I will now compliment Brett Gardner in saying that he is much more actively working the at bat, you know, like looking at Gardner will throw up a seven, eight pitch at bat very easily. Oh, yeah. No, he's great at that. He files off pitches, you know, he he stays in there, he can take a close pitch, but like, dude, I've said this in our group chat, like, Gallo has the act down pat, man, where he looks at strike three that's like clearly on the corner or right down the fucking middle, and he acts surprised because he's like out of the batter's box on his way to first base, and then has to stop and be like, "Oh, that was strike three, no fucking way!" Like it happens. The, the, the embarrassing often. walk of shame back to the yeah, head. shaking his Dude, head. It happens so often. It happens way too often to, to watch him act surprised by it anymore. Like it's so annoying. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Gallo is definitely a big question mark. Um, obviously, other news. So with that being said, he's going to have a huge hit, right? Yeah. For us? Two, two for three. Him. Two for three. Like two walks. Three. Two home runs. Six RBIs. Just big three game for Gallo in coming. The that, that's the stuff of dreams to get right. in the production <laughs> like that. Out of um, Gallo on a one-game playoff. Well, speaking of, it was announced that it will be Kyle Higashioka behind the plate. Gary Sanchez will be on the bench. Obviously. You know, Cole starting, so that's really not that shocking. But given and also I mean, given Gary Sanchez's struggles in the last, yeah, honestly, two months of the year, and Higashioka has kind of had a knack for clutch hits. I mean, throughout re- this year, I don't really have a big problem. Well, look, with remember, Higgy was the catcher last postseason too, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. And he had a home run. Even though who knows, we could be heading well. there again. Like, we'll see, right? But. I mean, yeah, the, the hitting hasn't been good, but I think if Gary hadn't had quite as many high-profile fuck-ups behind the plate the last, like, month and a half, maybe he'd be back there, but... Gee, I thought you were going to just say, like, well, Gary, you know, the hitting hasn't been good, but the defense has been even worse. <laughs> <laughs> he basically like, actually, did say that. No, I, tried a, to, I tried uh, to make it. I tried to make yeah, it. Nice. Like, well, I really his, did. His defense actually has gone even more downhill than it previously was. But, yeah, Gary, he... I mean, maybe... I'm thinking, do they? Because look, the Yankees bent like right now without DJ, without Voight, like they don't have any pinch hitters. It's literally Wade, Velasquez, Gary, and um, like, are they good? Maybe they like, like maybe they get Brantley on there just so they have like a catcher so they can pinch hit Gary. Roster right, Brantley. Like that's like because that's like at that point it's like okay, like Gary's the only pinch hitter you trust like i'm not sure you're gonna pinch hit velasquez i mean maybe if you have to but so if anything happens to the yankees primary lineup we're basically praying for rain at that point like (laughs) yes and we're praying for rain anyways no i'm just kidding um definitely need to get i mean look the red sox bullpen definitely is uh, is their weak point like they're gonna i mean garrett richards definitely had a very good year um but um 
or no, not Garrett Richards, Garrett Whitlock. Excuse Garrett. me. Garrett, I, I got I got my Garrett's mixed. I got my Garrett's mixed up. Um, please bring out Adam Adovino or Matt Barnes. I'm always always welcome to see those guys. Um, well, Barnes is is like last man out of the bullpen for him at this point. Like he was the closer, and then well, wild the card, you, when we were there just recently, to, he was you ne- like you the never know with the you never know with the wild card game, right? Like in a three two game, you, you, like they the probably won't even inning. use most of their relievers. They'll probably yeah. just use starters. Like look look how, how Alex Cora. Closed out the the game against the What's Nationals. None of their, well, none of their starters. None of their other. I was about to say E-Rod, none of their other. None of their others. Like yeah, it's like Erod, Pavetta, Richards, like Perez. Like I'm not sure if any of those guys are like in a close game going to be trusted by Cora. Maybe, but I don't, I'm not sure. The question is, what do they do with their starting lineup if if um if no JD if yeah if JD Martinez has to miss and you got to remember the fact that they've been playing. Jose Iglesias at second base, above, right. and he's not eligible for the postseason because they got him on like September third. You have to be on the roster before the mm-hmm. last oh, month wow, of the season. Not, so they yeah. could, in theory, put Kike Hernandez back at second base. He's been playing a lot of outfield for them. Stick but then you got to fill this. Now you got to fill center field somewhere, or you you play Christian Arroyo. I think that's a win for us. I know he's he's had a couple yeah. big hits against us, but I think you take your chances if he's playing second base. Yeah. Well, I think either way, their outfield's going to be Renfro and right. Schwarber and left, and then, like honestly, that's not, Andrew, not good. Schwarber, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, Dahlbeck at first because Dahlbeck's actually had a really good run. Yeah, and I think they, they tried they tried the Schwarber half, so. at first experiment. They're not doing that again. Yeah, because weirdly <laughs> enough, trading for a guy and saying, "Hey, you know how you've never played first base before? You're gonna do that for us now." Didn't work <laughs> out as well as they would have yeah. hoped. It's like MLB teams like, oh wait, we can't just stick any guy at first yeah. base and expect. Well, the Rays, oh, wow. they, they make sacrifices to Satan. Look, yeah, I was about it. to say the Rays. You can't, you can't go by. You the can't, Rays. You, yeah, you can't. Judge you can't it go by those devil did. worshippers. Like, come on. Um, yeah, but look, man, I, I don't want to, I don't want to ask predictions because I just feel like Andrew's going to say we're going to lose fifteen to nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but guys, like, how, like really, how are we feeling going into this game? Are we confident? Are we, are we feeling a win? Are we feeling heartbreak? I mean, it it'd be pretty fitting. Let's, let's be real; it'd be pretty fitting for the year to end in the wild card game. Yeah, the season's gone. It would be pretty fitting. I can't lie; the way the season's gone. But the only thing that I'm confident in is that this game is not going to be decided until at the earliest the eighth inning. Wait a minute. Is A Rod announcing this game? Yes. God oh, damn it. Oh, that's I'm why so I'm going mad. to be watching the stack cast uh, of it. Oh my god. I'm so, I'm so upset. <laughs> it's <laughs> he is like, man, the things terrible. the things A Rod says during a broadcast. My, the Jordan Montgomery my, thing was the worst one ever. I was just gonna say one of my all time oh. favorite things was him was the Montgomery thing. Yeah, like watch it'll be like four nothing in the second inning. Cole's let up like four home runs. Like you gotta let him get through this. You gotta let him get through this. This is what helps him mature into a better starting pitcher. It's not. It's not like they're in a single elimination winner take all wild card game, right? You know, they gotta go. That extra run he gives up could literally be the difference in you playing tomorrow or not. God, a rod. Like the, you know, my favorite thing about A Rod is how like as a hitter, like the guy literally is like top ten all time in home runs. It was like a monster hitter, and he was just, he's just the he's like, oh, this guy should bunt here. It's like A Rod, did you ever fucking bunt, bud? Yeah. Like why are you telling everyone to bunt like he's all the so time? Oblivious like, to like everything that made him the great player that he was. Right. Well, that's what happens when you work for ESPN, right? Yeah, I guess so. I laughed out loud. I mean, it's again. This is going to just be being bashing Brett Gardner, but like he clearly at this point in his career does does not have a great arm. And there was one like 
situation where it's like, you know, Judge has a great arm and Gallo has a, a pretty darn good arm as well. And they're like, oh, so-and-so wouldn't dare run on the Yankees' outfield. They have three great arms out there. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like Brett Gardner couldn't hit second you base. Arm Brett Gardner. Like, A-Rod just like having flat. A-Rod at that moment in the booth, he was just, it, it was 2010, and he was just in the outfield with Gardy. He was on the Yankees. Like, oh, yeah, Gardy's a great arm. I mean, 11 yeah. years ago, he made that right, good he throw just had, he, he, he was picturing like the one time where Gardner had to run in yeah, 20 feet. Were, so he had half the distance already. He was had just all pick- his momentum to the plate. He was picturing the one time Gardy like threw a hard ball to him and like practice in like 2012 and was like, yeah, Gardy has a good arm. What are you going to get him? Nine years ago, he made that good throw to me. Um, But yeah, look, guys. uh, Well, to answer your question about how we're feeling, it it all uh, begins and ends with Garrett Cole, right? Um, We've seen him at his best and we've seen him when he looks off. And I think the problem is we don't know the level that that hamstring injury is still. Yeah affecting him and that's a, that's the biggest factor i think is how his hamstring feels because i really think that's part of the reason he's been so off his last few starts is because he pulled he tweaked his hamstring and even though he said he's fine and he's gone out and and pitched still he's not right and cole's the type of guy that he would still be campaigning to stay out on the mound if his arm was lying on the ground next to him well, we saw what he did in that start against Houston earlier this yeah. year, right? Yeah, he was not coming out of that start against Houston. Yeah, I mean, so, I'll say, like, even if Cole pitches well, just based on the Yankees' offense this year, like, if Cole doesn't implode and he pitches well, it's still going to be a stressful game because I just don't think the Yankees' offense is going to do what they did against Evaldi again, to, like, tomorrow, what they did last well, time. I think what they did against Evaldi was more on Evaldi than it was the Yankees' offense. Well, yeah, they Evaldi did. They did make a point of trying to be more aggressive early in counts. Yeah, but Evaldi also had absolutely nothing that game. Right, right, and the likelihood of, of yeah, us getting that again. Everything those first two innings was absolutely tattooed last time. Exactly. So really, it comes down to we got to score early. Mm-hmm. Cole's got to be great, or if both offenses are struggling. I like our bullpen better, but I do the too. fact that the game's at Fenway Park and when those fans get get rowdy and and you start feeling the pressure, that's such such a tough place. No lead is safe at Fenway. So like even if we were up yeah. four or five runs late yeah. in, in the game, you still wouldn't feel com- confident. Can you imagine what it's going to be like if it's two two in the eighth inning? Like, it's, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be sick. Well, so I one mean, thing, one important thing about Cole, I think, is that one thing we've seen from him. And from Boone is that Boone will kind of just let him go, even if he's having a bad start. Sometimes he'll just go out there and just kind of let him go. Like Cole will give up six or seven runs, and he'll still give the Yanks, you know, six and six and a third innings or something like that, just to kind of save the bullpen. And I think for this game, the Yankees can't do that. They can't just I mean, kind of run was, Cole out there. Aaron Boone, like, you know, he's an idiot, but he's no dope. Like, you know, he he does that. A lot of days. Did you watch Friday's game? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. It sounds stupid. But, like, I think that in this scenario, he's not going to do it. And that's a non-answer. But, like, because he has to. And also because there's a probably a, still a decent chance that he loses his job if they lose this game. So, <laughs> Yeah, look, to, to Boone's credit, I, I will say... Look what he did in the 2018 wildcard game. 
Yeah. Where, where Seve, what, pitched four innings, I think? Honestly, Andrew, look at what he did yesterday. Yeah. He managed the bullpen yesterday flawlessly. But was that a script? Was that one of those analytics that, hey, you're going to go to this guy in this inning, yeah. this guy in this inning? Or did he out? actually have his his finger all over the pulse that? that game? Yeah. yeah. And that's a good question. It's like, was that just a script that worked out against the Rays? Or was that was that a repeat yeah, of, well, of so game two of the division series like... last year? Yeah. And it just worked out this time, whereas going uh, Hap and Davey last year did not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can we it's not impossible that? to say, really, because every time he. Every time it goes bad and we think he's like the stupidest manager in the league, that it's because he's following a script and he follows it to the T, even though it's not working at all. Like, Well, sometimes if once you've already started and you're in too deep, there's there's nothing you could do. Yeah, I will give him that. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Look, I will say, like, just talking about Boone. I think that if the Yankees don't make the World Series, I think he's gone. Correct me if I'm wrong, but. Like this even is the if, last year of his contract. Like, look, even if let's say, like obviously, like, we, you know, like they could lose tomorrow and everything's over. But let's just say, like, paint a picture. They make the ALCS and lose in like six games to either the White Sox or Astros. Like, I don't think. Can you imagine if we lost to the Astros for the third time in five years? I mean, I uh, might break everything. Yeah. In my house. But but seriously, like, if if this team does not win the AL after, like, look, coming into the year. Obviously, context matters and a lot of things happen. But coming into the year, this team was heavy favorites to win the AL. And if they come up short of that this year, I, I just don't see in a world how you can you know, come back. I like, just really don't. Like, I, I, I look, man, we, like I, I've, <laughs> I've been on this podcast complaining about Boone since his first series. Like, yeah. I really like he's just like you there have. Been, there have terrible. been there have been so many things this guy has done as a manager. That is just, just mind boggling. And like the whole theory of like whether he's a robot and people and are telling him what to do, I don't care. Bullpen moves too. He, Look, because it's very well documented that he does not know how to manage a bullpen. Like it, it really just feels like he just doesn't have a feel for the game. It, yeah. It's just as simple as that. And, and, you know, he's very passive. But with all that being said, if this team goes on a run and makes a World Series, you have to bring him back. Like, because some, even if they've, go to the World Series and lose. Like, just for this group, I mean, this team hasn't, this organization hasn't made the World Series since 2009. Like, it's been a long damn time. And even if they were to make, like, I know this sounds like loser energy, but, like, even if they made it and lost, that would still be a step in the right direction. Like, winning an, winning the pennant is would be a huge deal for this team. We right. have not experienced that in 12 years. So I, I think that's the only way you could bring it back. Like, if, on the, if the Yankees that- lose, go on, Jay. On the other end of that, not even the fact that, like, oh, you you know, it's hard to be like, oh, you definitely have to make the World Series. But the fact that if they lose tomorrow or they make the Division Series and lose, that he wouldn't have gotten any further than the Division Series for his entirety, right? The entirety of his tenure, right? He wouldn't have gotten any further or at least as far as the man that he got fired from, like fired in favor of. Well, yeah, 2019, they made the LCS. Right. So he would have, he got as far, but didn't get any further when they had expectations that he would be able to get to a World Series. Yeah, I I think that he's absolutely back, provided they at least uh, make the LDS and don't get waxed by the the Rays. If they lose it in four or five games, I think 
that's enough to save his job, which sucks. But I think uh, see, I don't, I don't know if I'm that, like if they lose the ALDS, I, I just don't see a way you could bring him back. And like maybe the Yankees fan are like, oh, well, the Rays were way better than us. But like the Rays shouldn't be way better than us. Like that's the whole thing. Like we we should have been. The yeah, they're a smarter organization top to bottom. So part of that is not but, on dude, like, but But look at all the t- games this team blew this year. And like, yeah. look, I'm not saying every single one of those games was Boone's fault. And if there was another manager, the Yankees would have won like 112 games. No, I'm not saying that. But I truly believe that between Boone's bullpen management and just his whole attitude and this this whole kind of culture Boone's created. And look, look, who knows? This whole culture, like in a month, if they win it all, this whole culture is great and everything's awesome, right? Winning cures everything. But I just, I truly believe like Boone's just passiveness and his kind of just lackadaisical, like California type attitude has just been really bad for this organization. Well, that, that's really the biggest gripe we've had for the last few years, right? Is the fact that, they're they're comfortable with, with with losing. They're okay with it. Um, it should it should send you home mad. You should not be able to sleep well after you lose a tough game. And even before they leave the ballpark, Boone's like, eh, well, we had some good at bats. We'll come back tomorrow. We'll get this thing figured yeah. out. A- and that begins to fester, and it doesn't just become a weekly thing, a, a an annual thing. It becomes a, an actual franchise culture thing where players come in people who are there year over year have that same attitude at all times. And yes, I, I get that you don't want a hothead like Girardi screaming at you every time you lose one bad game, right? Because of X, Y, Z circumstance. Mm-hmm. But this team, especially the last two years where we've had to hold out till the last game or two of the season mm-hmm. to clinch a spot is has severely underperformed and part of it is just the lack of motivation and the lack yep. of 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 intensity and, and not having that that edge to like hey we gotta go like Glaber torres not running to first base the other day was a perfect example because like boone didn't do anything yeah. really it's, like it's, they a, showed... it's a reflection on the manager and like you said he didn't do anything and it's just yo like you should be chewing like that. He should be on the bench. You should pull him from right, the game. Like, like that's what you're supposed to do. Hey, you know, I mean, the game was kind of decided at that point. So be like, oh, what's he going to do? Well, if you take him out, then it would be like, yeah, that's a reflection on you. Like it, you're, you're supposed to run hard to first base no matter what the score is. And, you know, we all were like, oh, it's cool. Aaron Judge went over and talked to him and who knows what the fuck he said. But like Aaron Boone not doing anything in that scenario is just bullshit. It really is. And it is a reflection like, overall of what's like, going on. And you like, know, like, he would try and rationalize it. Like, well, I wanted to give Aaron an opportunity to show that he's a leader of this team. And I, and I, I let him step up see, in that moment. It's like, yeah, that's great. But you're still the manager. You see, the thing sure is not. like, I, I get that a lot of people are against the kind of the old school, like hard nose, like just embarrassing a dude. But, but like, look, man, I would like, I would have no problem. Like the, the way I play, like grew up playing baseball, like, if a dude like Glaber did that, like, look, man, I would have no problem with a coach going over Glaber saying, hey, Glaber, you got nine home runs on the year, bud. Fucking run to first. Like, you're not that good, dude. All right? Like, who the hell do you think you are? Just, like, jogging down to first after you strike out, bro. You've hit nine home runs this year. Like, honestly. And because, like, guys. the same like, sort like, of situation. 
I so felt really like that with Glaber game. so much, man. That he's just like he thinks he's so good. He was had that great thirty-eight home run year, and you know he's a top prospect. And he's just thought he was like. And look, credit to Glaber. He's had a great last month or so of the season, right? He's he's probably going to be our leadoff hitter in the playoffs. He, he's really improved since he's moved to second. But he has had those moments this year where he just lacks and he doesn't hustle or he just does some bonehead play. And it's just like, dude, you gotta like, you gotta play hard, man. You gotta like remember how you got here. Remember how you got to this position. Like the you haven't you haven't earned shit to just be like you know playing lackadaisical and doing this. You know, like if like not for nothing, Judge always hustles. But if that is a Judge or Stanton, you can kind of say, all right, well, like these guys are great hitters. Like they kind of have that luxury and they've kind of earned like of, to not hustle a bit, just kind of like Cano did back in the day. Like no one would complain about it about Cano because you knew Cano was going to give you a great season every year. Except but, we did nothing but the Yankees fan base in general did nothing but complain about Robinson Cano, even though he was well, far and away the best player well, in the team. Boomers complained. Boomers, about yeah, about to say. Right, right. Boomers. Uh, but, so but I'll say whole, about, go on, about Aaron Boone in terms of like you know the last thing about Aaron Boone. The thing that drove me absolutely crazy more than anything this year was like some of their most embarrassing efforts. Right, they would lay down and die against you know I think maybe one of the games was against the Red Sox or whoever. Like, um. And he was just, and he said it multiple times, right? This season, he's like, "Oh yeah, well they really went out there and competed." I'm like, "Dog, it's literally the bare minimum of what they're supposed to do is go out there and compete." Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, what, what are we like? Literally, their job that they're getting paid to do is to go out there and try to win the baseball <laughs> game. Fucking participation like, trophy. No, like it literally said. No, like, gee, you're right. It literally sounded like in some of those interviews, it sounded like Boone was coaching like a group of five school, and they just played like Alabama. It's like, oh well, we went out there and competed, you know. Like, oh, you know, like, they tried the really fucking, hard, but like, yeah, like we're the Yankees, dude. We're supposed to be the best team in the AL. What do you, what do you mean we competed? Like, we're, we're not supposed to be just competing. We're it, supposed it, to like, be like those national um high school football teams that go to like those top schools in texas and they get their doors blown off by like 40 points yeah, exactly the field smiling like well we yeah. got to play on this field today <laughs> we like, had that's fun not either way. like bishop sycamore <laughs> yeah, it's like boone's like oh man that those guys were just a really good team it's like boone those were the indians like they suck and they just outscored us 22 to 4 in two games like, <laughs> what, are, what are you talking about bud but like, yeah, yes not... they have good players and yes they should still be respected and you don't just roll over and expect them to hand you wins but when you lose it's still a poor reflection on you absolutely so not to get on a boon tangent but i I do find it interesting as you know like yeah he he doesn't have a contract yet he's not under contract for next year so yeah it's safe to say his job's on the line like a like a but i'm kind of moment boon the wild card in the wild card game like you you want to What's, what's, <laughs> do I need to? We just spent 10 minutes talking about how much, you know, how he's like unpredictable and all. I didn't think I needed to explain that, right? Uh, like, you don't know how he's going to manage the uh, bullpen. It, you don't look, know what the fuck he's going to do or say or any given moment. Like, yeah, no, Boone, Boone in the wild card game, he, he sure is a wild card. I, I, I agree, G. Um, but yeah, that's, guys, that's pretty much all we got for tonight. Um, we went a little long, but that's okay. It's a big show. Well, like uh, you said, Luigi, not to go on a big Boone tangent after you went on yeah. a big tangent. Uh, like I, look, man, I say We just it, did right? Boone's eulogy, and we haven't even yeah. played the game yet. This is this is like Boone's wake. You know, it's not like the funeral yet. It's kind of just like, oh, you know, he, he's you know open Let's cast. just go ahead and win tomorrow, and then it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's the plan. Um, enjoy the night. I can't wait until we're one pitch into the game, and you're already talking about how we're going <laughs> to lose. But either way, let's go out it and win. It helps yeah. me process. Yep, that's how that's how events come on. And it helps us have our blood pressures raised. Yep. 
All right, then I, it's, I'll just. No, it's, 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 a, it's all right, Andrew. It's fun. I, I enjoy <laughs> screenshotting your messages of saying this team's not going to score and then posting it the moment they score. <laughs> the moment they score. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so great. Oh, God. It's it's the best when Andrew sometimes he'll literally say it and the, like he'll be like oh this guy <laughs> like like I'll just use a football example like Andrew sometimes like oh this guy sucks and then like oh this guy is next thirteen passes he's twelve of thirteen with two hundred yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> I don't know if that's happened. Uh, I don't, I don't uh, usually... It's probably it's probably happened. Um, but anyways, I, I digress. Um, Yankees Red Sox wild card game tomorrow. <sighs> Nothing much else to say. Like there really is much else to say. This is why we got Garrett Cole for games like for games like these, right? Hopefully he shows up, gives us a quality start. And I could sit here and lie to myself and say, Oh, I hope it's not a close game and the Yankees take care of early, but I know that's not gonna be the case. I know it's gonna be a within two run game game. going into the seventh inning. I I know that's gonna be the case. So yeah, just be ready for a close, tightly contested game, man. Um yeah, like I, I really just hope, I really just hope they win. Uh, like, cause I'm look, I almost wish the NL wild card game was before, so that at least I can enjoy that game, right? It's for like a before. day. It's, it's always, that, it's always the AL first. It's so uh, I just don't like it, cause you know if the Yankees if they don't pull through Tuesday, I'm not even gonna want to watch it Wednesday, which sucks. But that's not gonna happen because we're gonna win Tuesday. I'm knocking on wood. I'm knocking on every piece of wood in my house, and the Yankees are gonna get a win. And it's we're gonna have a date with Tampa. I'm speaking into existence, but. Regardless, we'll be potting tomorrow night, win or loss, right? It'll either be a celebration and previewing the Tampa series a bit, or it'll be a eulogy and us wanting to send Aaron Boone shit to his house. So <laughs> we'll see. We shall see. But this was the 100th episode wildcard preview show for Luigi, for Alex, for Andrew, for G. This was the 100th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. Let's go Yanks.